All right, we are here, the March to the Arch podcast. This is the tip-off episode of the inaugural 2019-2020 March to the Arch Missouri Valley Conference podcast. I am here with my buddy Baker, and I am Vance. You know, it's been a long time coming, this podcast, you know, just to set the stage. We're two guys from the Midwest. We love college basketball. We don't just love college basketball. We specifically love the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. I would say Baker and I have lunch together at minimum four times a week, and we always have takes. We talk Valley. We annoy our other lunch mates on the amount of Missouri Valley Conference uh, basketball we talk. So we said, you know what? I want to keep track of some of the discussions we had, you know, put it out there because we know that the Missouri Valley Conference fan base is one that's it's very specific to the MVC. Um, it's one that it's passionate. Um, you know, one of the, the biggest crowning moments is going to Arch Madness. And we said, you know, we can do a podcast on this just for fun. And you know what? We think there's going to be a niche group of fans out there that might enjoy this. And if not, hey, it's a way for me and Baker to um, kind of record our thoughts, our opinions on the Missouri Valley and go back whenever we have terrible opinions and make fun of each other. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Baker and let him introduce himself, why he's into this, and we'll, we'll come back. Yeah, so I've, uh, I, I, I've loved the Missouri Valley Conference as long as I can remember. I've loved uh, Illinois State specifically. Uh, so I'm, a lot of my, some of my takes will be homer takes, some of them will be critical on Illinois State, but I've been a, I've been a fan of Illinois State since as long as I can remember. My dad... My mom and dad had season tickets, and we would go to uh, tons of games throughout my childhood, and it just be kind of came part of life. Was cheering for the Redbirds uh, back to the Maurice Trotter days, the Dan Muller, Rico Hill days. I can remember those days fondly. I can I can remember disappointment losing to Iowa State in the tournament one year, and then the the joy of them actually winning a tournament game. And 21 years later, here we sit without uh, having a tournament win. But yeah, I've been an Illinois State fan my entire life. I've, been, I've also loved the Valley. Um, I think there's, a, I think there's a, a kind of a charm to the Missouri Valley of um, if, you're a, if you're a fan of a team in the Valley, you know, you might not get along with everyone. You might not always love uh, different schools, but you always kind of have that pride as being a Midwesterner who cheers for a smaller, smaller team. And especially going into the tournament, we, I, I feel like we kind of all come together and cheer for the representative school. I mean, even last year, Bradley's the rival of Illinois State, and I was hoping they would beat Michigan State. I thought that that would be the best thing for the league as a whole because I think at the end of the day, that's that's what we want. So yeah, um, I don't want to. I, I know I don't want to bore you guys too much on on just my background, but yeah, obviously Illinois State fan my entire life. Love the Missouri Valley. Love everything about it. So. Yeah, that, that's right, Baker. I think you really um, nailed it on the head that we're a group of fans that root for each other um, outside of conference season. Now, that doesn't mean we always root for each other either, though. I mean, there's going to be times where we're a little, where we're a little salty against each other sometimes, and you know, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't want this team to advance. But for the most part, I think it's more. I think it's definitely a, it, it's a pride, but also for your for your team to. For, for our conference getting notoriety, it feels like we need to we need to have good non-conference. Like we need everyone in the non-conference to play well. 
Yeah, I mean, we need to band together to make sure that we're holding other teams accountable to go play a non-conference schedule that gives us some notoriety within college basketball landscape because that's the only way we're going to succeed at a conference. So thanks for uh, introducing yourself uh, real quick. You know, we didn't want to dive into who we were because we feel like that's going to come across over the podcast. But just so you know, uh, kind of my background. So I'm Vance. I am a Southern Illinois Saluki. I went to school there. My whole family has gone to school um, at SIU. Um, in Carbondale and you know we bleed maroon you know uh, Baker was talking about some of the good old days ISU you know the 2000s were the it years to be a Saluki fan and you know we're coming back to and we're hopefully coming back to that with some coaching changes Um, so with that Saluki fan Redbird fan um, we're not going to be homers. We're going to have some homer kit picks, let's be honest. <laughs> but we're going to keep each other uh, honest on those. We're going to dive into the other Valley teams. So this is not just an ISU or an SIU podcast. We're going to dive into other teams. We're going to get uh, some Aces fans, hopefully, sure, you know, ready sure. to go. Um, and this is this is more for the entire Valley. But um, just so you know our background, and if we start leaning a little towards our alliances, you know why. I think I think the good part about this is Vance and I are going to chirp each other if we go. If if I have a a Redbird take where I'm being a homer, I think he is going to be ultra critical on me for that take as I would about him for Southern Illinois. So it's going to be kind of a good blend of that. Um, Yeah, no, I think that I think that pretty much sets the scene. All right, Baker. Well, let's let's jump into this episode. This is the March to the Arch podcast. Your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. All right, before we jump into the 2019-2020 season, we wanted to kind of, you know, set the landscape of where we were last year. So just quick update on Arch Madness and then obviously the eventual winner, Bradley Braves, in the NCAA tournament. So looking back on last year, Baker, you know, what are your thoughts just on the year as a whole? Well, I mean, obviously disappointing for for my for Illinois State, but I mean, if you if you want to take a look at this conference as a whole, like you can take a look at like a Missouri State, a Drake, teams like that that took really big steps. I mean, I'm obviously I'm a homer for Dana Ford. I think I think anyone who hears him talk, sees him, sees him coach, I think automatically likes him. Um, it was disappointing that they had to run into Bradley in the first round last year. I think that they could have maybe made a run, but. Um, it just shows how close and how how much parity there was last year. It was just uh, just looking at the bracket. It, there was I mean there was a three point there were three point games after three point games. And I mean like even Southern Illinois last year. I mean it was obviously it was a disappointing finish to your season. But I mean how close were you losing by three points? And you know you could have been playing for the championship on Sunday, which is it, I think it was kind of like a it was kind of a mixed bag. So there was the teams that had the disappointing years where I would say Illinois State, Southern Illinois teams like that that finished didn't didn't finish where they should have at the beginning of the year where you'd expected them to and then you had teams like Missouri State Bradley and Drake especially I think really came up and had great years um, and with Loyola still at the top of the valley still competing uh, only losing by two in the semifinals having a great year under Porter Mosier so that was kind of my my takeaway from that yeah I mean it was just such a fun arch manager with the close games you know both our teams did not were on the the wrong end of that really bad Friday games. yeah really that Friday thing. was brutal I happened to be there I uh just for context ever since I can remember I believe I've been going to Arch Madness since I was in diapers um big fan of the Arch Madness experience and we will dive into that so I was there 
Um, morale was low at about 9.30, 10 o'clock after the 3-6 Saluki Panther tilt that didn't go the Saluki way. Um, and honestly, that was just kind of the epitome of our season. We had high expectations, had everybody back. Um, ended up with a third seed um, in in the Val in Arch Madness and just um, laid an egg. I think that's the best way to put it. There was expectations. There was some grumblings of um, what might happen. That's what we'll jump into uh, when we talk through coaching changes. But yeah, I think uh, Baker, you recapped it well. Parity in the league. Um, you know, as expected, Loyola was a one seed. Went in. Uh, Bradley got hot, so goes the Valley, and the the team that's hot over three days goes to the NCAA tournament, and that is the Bradley Braves with a 57-54 win over Northern Iowa, the fighting Ben Jacobsons. Um, so Bradley goes to the tournament. Uh, they pull a 15 seed. I don't think a 15 seed was a surprise to any Valley fan of where kind of the Valley has is falling the right word? Yeah, it's, it's it, I mean it's extremely disappointing, I'd say. You can't be you you can't be happy about a 15 seed. Uh I think it's one of the most dangerous 15 seeds you can have. I know I, you you listened to Tom Izzo that week. He wasn't particularly excited about facing a Missouri Valley team based on their past uh their past years in the NCAA tournament, but I it it's kind of it it kind of goes back to what we talked about a little bit in the intro is like you, you really want you really want the league to do better and I think where I think the league as we had parity and it was such a competitive league this past year it, it kind of fell short with having any of the marquee teams that got national exposure and national attention and I think that's what really hurt the Valley and I think a lot of that comes from they really need to have a great non-conference and so I think that you know if you looked at Bradley's resume it wasn't very good um, no. it was it was worthy of a 15 seed you'd hold for 14 but you got a 15. I think you know coming out of Arch Madness if Loyola would have ran the table in Arch Madness as the one seed yeah they probably creep out of 15 but they're still at 14. I mean I, I, I mean 14 13 I think they I think they definitely would have been a little higher for sure just based on their resume was a little stronger and I think I mean when you're coming off a final four berth it's it's kind of hard to justify putting that team as a 14 seed right yep. um, I mean committee members are going to be uh, they're they're still gonna they look at the names. I There's mean, some recency not, bias. Yeah, recency bias exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, that's. I mean, I, I think that's the that's the kind of tough place the valley's at. Is like when you're when you look at the season, you don't. It's not ideal when your best case scenario is a 13 seed. Right. I mean, that's just not where we want to be. And you know, as we start diving into non-conference late in later episodes, you know, we're gonna talk about that. Um, but just kind of to round out the 2018, 2019, you know. Um, as Valley fans know, Bradley Braves were our representative in the NCAA tournament, 15 seed versus the Michigan State Spartans. You know, Baker, I pulled up the box score, and I was honestly surprised because I kind of forgot about this game. Um, Bradley had a lead at half. Yeah, no, they. I I, I watched this game, and I, I, I it was incredible. Just Bradley would just they just hung in there so well with them, and it just it came to the end. You know, as a lot of Michigan State games go in the NCAA tournament, where at the end, it just seemed like Bradley kind of ran out of ran out of gas, ran out of little momentum, and, and the and the be, the better, more talented team took over at the very end and, and took home the victory. But in, in no shape or form, in no form, there's there's no way you can say Bradley had a bad performance in the in the NCAA tournament. I mean, they you forget about them because they're one day and done. But it, as a forgettable team, they they represented the Missouri Valley great. I thought. 
Absolutely. You know, as a 15 seed, you know, you're used to the 20, 30 point blowouts, maybe not in Michigan State's case, as uh, <laughs> the past has not been good to them in that 215 um, seeding, par seed pairing. Um, but yeah, you know, um, you know, hats off to Bradley for representing the Valley. Um, sure, and I think it was also important for them to play well just because, I mean, you ha you're coming off a of Final Four two years ago, but, but with this team, the Valley's kind of fallen off. It, it's kind of fallen down a peg. But you didn't want to go there and just lay an egg. Right. The last thing that the Valley needed was their one team that went as a 15 seed to just go there and, you know, get shellacked by 35 points. And that's not what happened, which is great. But, you know, I mean, it would have been great to ha get the victory, but I, I, I still think uh, under the circumstances, it, it went about as well as you could. Right. All right, it was a little bit of a different offseason for Missouri Valley. There wasn't a ton of change, I would say, in the landscape of the Valley. Um, but there was one coaching change, you know, one that's very close to me, in that Barry Henson decided to resign as head coach of the Southern Illinois Salukis and hired Brian Mullins from the Loyola Ramblins, Ramblers, the native son of Southern Illinois, coming back. So, be, so before no, hold on a second. Before we talk about about the new coach, can we just get a quick from the SIU perspective on Barry Henson? Before because I because sorry to cut you off, but before we talk about the new coach, I think that it does. We do need to spend a little bit of time because he was kind of the guy. Yeah, he was one of the. More well-known coaches in the Valley. He's there for a while. Kind of polarizing as well. The Dean, self-proclaimed Dean of the Valley. Yeah, yeah. So so, so before we step into the new, I want to hear a little bit about Barry. So here's the deal. You know, my perspective, I think that it's a Saluki perspective, but I think you can easily remove Saluki and add Missouri State Bear fan, and I think it's going to be the same perspective. Um, Barry came into a really tough situation at SIU and got us back where we needed to be. We had some um, APR issues where we were potentially going to lose some scholarships, so we got some guys into the classroom ensuring that we you know, had GPAs up and we weren't going to lose um, scholarships just due to academic performance. So hats off to Barry for doing that, turning us around. But here's where the Bears perspective and the Saluki perspective kind of intertwine. He could never get us to the next level. Did we always over? I th I felt like we always overperformed in the valley seasons. Like we were projected to be, you know, bottom half, and we'd end in the upper half. You know, so d it was fun in the sense that uh, we overperformed expectations. But at the end of the day, as a Sluky fan, you don't want low expectations. We don't expect sure. low expectations. Sure. Um, so I think for what the Southern Illinois region needs what Southern Illinois fans need. Um, Barry Henson wasn't going to get us to the promised land on that. Um, just with the money that's involved um, at SIU or what's available at SIU, um, he wasn't going to get us there. Um, so a change was needed, and it was the right change. Um, but but thank, as a Saluki fan, thank you to Barry Henson for getting us where we were prior to his re resignation. And, and and from an outsider perspective, just whenever I whenever I talked to you about Barry Henson, it was always kind of like he was seemed like a very likable guy. But at the same point, it was always like, especially going into this past season, I I personally had thought that the coaching change needed to happen a year ago, because it was one of those situations where, uh, God bless Barry, but we've seen what he could do with this talent, and it wasn't win the Missouri Valley. We Correct. knew we it, the sample size was what it was. We knew that 
he was a good enough coach to get you maybe third in the Valley, but he wasn't going to get you further. He had proven right. over a track record of however many years he coached in the Valley, even at Missouri State, uh, through Southern Illinois, he had proven that he wasn't able to get over the hump, which, I, as, as you saw in his press conference, it choked him up. I mean, I believe the guy. I actually genuinely think that he was, you know, upset about it. But at the same point, it was kind of like one of those situations where it was great that he got you to a certain point and he got you off the court wise in in a much better place but on the court it was it was at the time where you know this is as best that we're going to do with Barry Henson and I think it's time for a change and I think you made the great a great change and kind of transitioning into that where are you? I'm obviously you're excited as can be with the new head coach I'm I'm pumped um I think just what SIU needed not just the university not just the basketball program but the region needed someone to rally behind because um, I'm from South Illinois. I'm a Southern Illinois guy. I feel like I have a decent pulse of what's needed down there. And just with a fan pace, um, we needed to rally behind our native son, and that is Brian Mullins. Defense is back. Florburn U is back. Um, I was ecstatic, you know, whenever we decided, you know, this is the direction we were going to go. Um, I didn't know if it was going to be a done deal. Um, you know, I did. I was first one to say I wanted a nationwide search. Um, so I think a lot of people said this was the easy pick for us, but it was the right pick. Um, I think athletic director Jerry Kill did a bang up job. Um, let, let me just take you through that day as a Saluki fan. Um, you know, rumors, it was speculation was coming. It was going to happen. Um, you know, I think Twitter was a, a buzz with it. Um, and we knew Brian was coming. But, I mean, there was a press conference. There was a paparazzi per I se. remember you Snapchatting me. You were preparing to watch the press conference in the afternoon. You were so excited. Baker, I went home early. Like, <laughs> I left work. I was like, hey, I got to go home and watch this thing. So it was great. Um, I called my dad, and he answers the phone, and I hear the fight song in the background because he was there. And, I was, and it was cracking me up. We live an hour away, or my parents live an hour away from Carbondale, and he did the same thing, left work to go up there. I had two buddies call me out of the blue. I haven't, one of them I hadn't talked to in easily four years, four to five years. And he just knew this was the moment to get us back on track and get excited about the program. Listen, if in five, 10 years, this turns out to be another, I'll, I'll say it, Lowry issue, so be it. But I just know in the moment, it's the right pick. There is so much rejuvenated spirit excitement in the Saluki basketball program that is much needed, not just for SIU, but for the Missouri Valley. For the Missouri Valley to be successful, SIU has to be there. I mean, how much excitement really was there like last year? Like last year you went in, you had a really good team, but I mean, I don't know, to me it always just felt like you still had the same, you still had the same old guard and the coaching staff. That It just felt like you were, there wasn't a lot of excitement with Southern Illinois. It was kind of more concern just watching the games, like thinking, when is this going to go off the rails? And which it did in the middle of the season, obviously. Mm-hmm. They didn't take charge. I mean, it's got to be, it just, it does, definitely has that refreshing feel. Refresh, and I'll even use the term relief. Yeah. That's, there's no doubt about it. I think, I think you guys, I think Southern Illinois is just, it's definitely poised to take that next step. Now, do are, you know when we get into talking about the teams for next year a little more into a deep dive on Southern Illinois, um, depending on how good they're going to be. The one thing we know is they're going to play defense. <laughs> that's exactly right. And they're go- the teams teams are not going to score a lot on them. Um, and I think that's a great calling card for a team for something to rally around at Southern Illinois. It's something that is going to keep you in games. Right. 
and, and you know everyone says it's boring yeah Saluki fans just get more excited for defense so just with this hire there's excitement like I said Floorburn U is back you know whether it be Floorburn U or whatever Brian decides to call it but you know when the Salukis come to town they're gonna D you up yeah and the excitement's just gonna keep building because because I, I think that it when you play a defensive style, you're not going to. It's not like you're going to go out there and finish four and fourteen in the valley. You're going to win games, right? And I think once you start winning games, the momentum's going to build. I, uh, as an ISU fan, it's it's kind of a scary proposition knowing that you, we might be awakening the the giant down in Carbondale. But I think I think as a valley fan as a whole, I think this is a no brainer hire. It yeah. might have been the safe pick, but it was also the right pick, and the, I think it's a strong pick for that for that school. Yeah, and uh, you know we'll talk about non-conference and conference schedules when they get released. But I want to get a take out there. I would be surprised if Week One of the Missouri Valley Conference uh, season is either SIU at Loyola or Loyola at SIU. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the no-brainer. You got to get some. You know, it's going to oh, be sure. on Fox Sports Midwest or whoever has you know the primetime game. Uh, or the national game, sure, it's sure. got to be, and, right? and and you know what, I I, I so hundred percent agree with you on that take. I think that I think that has to be the play. I have another side take off of that, kind of building back to our Barry Henson. I don't know what Barry's doing right now, but um, I would like to start the crusade to get him to be the color guy on the Fox Sports Midwest Valley game of the week. Oh, absolutely. There's not a guy who knows the valley better. There's not a guy more passionate about the valley, like. I can criticize him as a coach because, because I mean, and, and his record is what it is. But as someone who's who's out there trying to promote the Valley with the best interest of the Valley in mind, that is Barry Henson. And Absolutely. I think he's knowledgeable enough. I think he would just, God, I think he'd be a lot of fun. I think he'd be great as the color guy on any broadcast. Even on ESPN or, wh- or wherever. It, it just as I would love to have him be the guy calling Valley games, whether it's, uh, with whoever whoever's calling the games, but his, as him as a color guy would be just outstanding. And you know, I think we can leave it at this, but I think we both agree the valley is better when Barry's involved. I agree, hundred um, percent. Whether it be actually maybe not from a coaching <laughs> perspective, but I think the valley is better. Sure, sure, no doubt about it. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on that. All right, so moving into that, that's our one big change this offseason um, from an administration perspective, you know, one coaching change. But, you know, I was looking at the Valley coaches, Baker, and four of the ten coaches will have two years or less of experience in the Valley. Um, that would be Matt Lottich at Valpo. Um, that's DeVries at Drake. That's McCarty at Evansville. And it will be Mullins at SIU. Um, is that surprising? It, it is, but it isn't. I think it was kind of time for a change in the guard in the valley. Um, you had your, you had some of the. I mean, Lodich is a different story because he came in right. from a different league. But um, I think you had guys like guys like Marty Simmons at Evansville that were there for just forever. It felt like, and I think it was kind of a. It's a changing of the guard. It's kind of let's get some fresh blood in the valley, and I think it's good. I think it's good for the valley overall. Um, but I do think that these coaches need to keep taking this next step. DeVries obviously had a, an amazing year with Drake, um, uh, even after after having to deal with injuries early in the year. We'll get into to them a little more deeper into what happened during their season. But um, I think I think overall these new coaches uh, I think are a good thing. And you know what? I need to fact check myself because I don't think the Lodge thing is correct. Um, who I was missing was Dana Ford. Dana Ford. Oh yeah, yeah Missouri yeah. State. So oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, th- that was the Ford Dana. 
DeVries. Well, to cover for you, Lodic has also only coached in the Valley for two years. Right. He coached yeah. only. He's only sure. coached yep. for three years. He coached. So I'll give you that one. Um, but I mean, he, even him. I, I think he's a boy. Can't wait to dive into Valpo because yeah. that is that is one of the most fascinating off seasons in the Missouri Valley. That I, anyone that's been been reading up on them, it is going to be a pretty challenging year, in my opinion. Uh, and we'll dive into that more. But I, I think I think for the most part, these coaches are really. Um, I think they're good. I think it's good new blood to have in the Valley. Yeah. I'm personally really high on Walter McCarty. I think he, I am, uh, this is going to be a take that's going to preview our next episode when we talk about Evansville, but I am really high on him, and I think that the future is much brighter than it ever has been at Evansville. I agree. And, you know, just go back to the younger coaches. I think it's just going to be interesting dynamic in the Valley because you don't have the tenure that, you know, you know when you and I come to town, the game plan is what's going to happen. It's the same one that J- Jacobson has been successful with for umpteen years. Yep. Um, so it's good to have some new blood because you get to see new sets, new schemes, um, and not just kind of the normal, I don't know, schemes that we're used to seeing in the Valley. So with Barry leaving Baker is Ben Jacobson, the new dean of the Valley. So he's the oldest tenured coach um, from 2006. Um, the cl- next closest coach is Greg Lansing, who we'll get, on, <laughs> we'll get into on the other side of what's the opposite of the dean of the Valley. Um, so what's your thoughts? Is it, is it now Jacobson's Valley? No. So I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a different, different stance on this, and um, I know you and I disagree on this. I think that it's, and I hate to say this, because I'm not really a big fan of his tenure at Illinois State, the four years that he had in the mid-2000s, but I think it's becoming Porter Mosier's league. That's a take, Baker. Um, um, I, and, 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 and hear me out. His time at Illinois State was poor, to say the least, but... Since coming to Loyola, I think that he has a new, a new lease on life. When I guess when it comes to coaching, he's. It seems like every like this. It just seems like he is. He's starting to kind of create just a lot of momentum in Chicago. I think it's it's made Loyola such a relevant program. I mean, when you take over a, a school like Loyola, you're in the Horizon League, and you are now jumping up to a Missouri Valley, which is a step up from the Horizon League, obviously, and the um the strides he's taken over the years he's gotten to a final four which is something ben jacobson hasn't hasn't obviously not a lot of valley teams are making final fours but he made a final four i mean he won a cbi championship in his second year as part of the valley there's i think i personally i think that as as and jacobson obviously is right there i mean he's made the tournament four times um he he's but the last few years i i feel like i feel like his last three years with 500 or worse overall is what's holding me back a little bit. So I get, And maybe it's a recency deal for me. I think it is. Um, I, I get the take. I get that uh, Moser has had success. Um, but when I think of the Dean of the Valley, I think of the guy that um, bleeds, sweats, Valley. And I don't think Porter's that guy. I don't think he's out there uh, thumping his chest that the Valley's great and that we need to, that the national media should be covering the Valley more. I didn't see that in the Final Four run. Um, maybe that's maybe that's on Doug Elgin that he didn't do a good job of promoting the brand during the Final Four run. Yeah. But there wasn't the, this is the Valley, this is you know what Loyola had to go through. There wasn't that. 
from back when Wichita made their runs. Um, now, with the Wichita case, once they were head and shoulders above the valley, so towards the end, after the um, Wichita success, it was getting towards the valley is not good and the Wichita needs to get out of it to uh, continue their success. But, you know, from a guy that really just, um, you know, bleeds valley and understands what the valley is, I think it's Jacobson. So I understand the take. I think there's some re- recency bias in there. No, I understand where, where you're coming from, but the, but the thing is, like, I guess for me, Dean of the Valley would be the guy who is consistently delivering a very good product every single year on the floor, and in the last three years, it's been kind of mediocre. I mean, you can he, he, had a, he had a stretch run there where he was just consistently good. I think, I think they're, and I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that Ben Jacobson's in any, any worry of his job security, but oh, no. I think this is a really big year for him. I, do, do. I think he needs to have a really good year this year. I do. You know, I, I think he will, he can retire the Panther head coach if yeah. he wants to. I, I, he's not going anywhere. And in, and in fairness to you, he did, he did make the Arch Madness final. Yeah. He did make the Arch Madness final last year, which is, it, it goes a long way. I guess just for an overall perspective, it just doesn't, it it always felt like we were waiting. We're just the last few years. It feels like we're waiting for Northern Iowa to just get the get the truck running and go down the road. But it just felt like it was always taking a while to get going, and it was just inconsistencies. I think that's fair, but I mean Northern Iowa. There's never a gimme. They're never going to be the gimme team. You never, oh, never. think that no. Northern Iowa's coming to town. Well, there's an automatic W. No. It doesn't matter if they're picked ten. Quite frankly, anytime I see Illinois State's going to Northern Iowa, I automatically assume a loss. Yep. Yeah. So let's flip the coin there. <laughs> um, so the second oldest coach in the Valley, Greg Lansing um, in Terre Haute, Indiana State, Sycamore's head coach. You want I to talk mean, about someone who has a big year ahead of them. I'm going to stand up because if I'm going to be in the hot seat, that is him. Like, he, yeah. he better not get comfortable this year. No, he, he needs to have a big year. He needs to really and, – and it was weird. Last year we saw – well, and we'll talk. Obviously, I'm going to say this a million times. But we'll talk more when we get into each team individually. But Greg Lansing as a whole, last year it just felt like, like they were one of those teams that was a pain in the butt to play, but it wasn't like they beat a bunch of people either. Right. Like they were one of those teams that you know when they came to when they when they would come in any time the Greg Lansing team would come to Redbird Arena, it was always like okay, you know there, it there's a danger of losing that game, but it was always like. You, since Jake Odom, they haven't done anything. I know it's. Um, I mean, they finished eighth last year. I if, I don't have the history in front of me, but I would venture to guess they have been playing on Thursday for some consecutive years. Um, he, he has to do something this year, or I I don't see him as the head coach of Indiana State into the 2020-2021 um, season. I don't know where his contract's out. I want to say he's getting pretty close to his contract. Uh, last time I looked, I think this might be his last year. And, 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 I, and, I, and uh, those out there listening will fact check me, obviously. But I, I think it's, I think it's I, one I think of those. Right. And, and, and I don't want to come on here and say a guy needs to be fired or lose his oh, job no. or anything. like. But that, but at the same point, I also think that you know, to, to the people out there listening, we don't want to just come on here and say, oh, you know, the, the fluff up coaches. You know, I mean, let's tell it like it is. He's in he's in a lot of danger this year. Like, it's, he is. it is a fact. I mean, and, you know, it really doesn't matter about the contract because, you know, just sports contracts in general, he might get an extension for recruiting purposes. You know, might go to the AD and say, hey, I need an extension or I can't recruit because no recruit's going to come here if, 
you know, I'm not the coach or, you know, something of that nature. No so question. really the contract doesn't matter, but I do believe he's in the last few years of his, of his contract. Um, so yeah, I would look to um, the Sycamores, you know, I, I almost hate to say it, but you know, something to rally around for that team this year is just, if you're a Lansing fan and you want to be on that team, sure. play for your coach because I think his seat is very hot. Yeah, five, five straight losing seasons. It's, uh, is, is the where, is where we're at. And it's, it's going to be a really, it's, I think, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's not getting worse. It, it's, it's not going to get worse. I think the Valley's only going to get better. I think that he's going to have a lot of trouble to, um, to have a really good team, but uh, best of luck to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, you you were talking a little bit about uh, some of these coaches as the, the kind of the longer tenured ones. It, it, I think it's kind of, and I don't want to, this is going to come off as bringing up the Homer team, but, I mean, look at Dan Muller. He's also one of the longer tenured coaches now in the Missouri Valley, and he's he's not a very old coach either. So if we were talking hot seat, warm seat, what's his seat this year as an Illinois State fan? Uh, whew, this is, that's a tough call. Cause, uh, so Dan Muller is one of those guys that it's a tough spot. I don't think – I have a hard time believing that they would ever – at least anytime soon, because uh, it's still two years ago. He had a really great year. Yeah, um, it's Mr. Sunday, and he is abs. I mean, he gets us. No, anybody can get it. Yeah, Illinois State knows how to get to Sunday. Let's just can't get past Sunday. Um, I, listen, Dan Muller's going to be a. He's he's beloved. I mean, he he's he is the guy. He is the Illinois State guy. He is he is going to get every single chance in the book. But but on the flip side, I think that his seat is warming up. And the mm-hmm. reason I say that is because when you have 20-plus years of not making an NCAA tournament, you have the resources you have at Illinois State. Yeah. That is a problem. And I think the expectation at Illinois State, and I hope this is the expectation as a fan, is like you, you should not be settling for anything less than an NCAA tournament bid. And that's, that's, it's, it's, I know the Valley is not where it once was, but I think where you are as a school, I think you need to take that next step. We can go to as many NITs as we want. I mean, Dan Muller's been to multiple NITs, but that's just not going to get it done. I mean, you've got, and you're putting money into the program. It's not like we've got brand new seats at the arena. Yeah. Redbird Arena, is the, the whole lower bowl was just upgraded. And I think, I mean, I feel like this is a really big year for Dan Muller. I think that a lot of the off the court, I don't want to talk too much about it, but there's definitely off-the-court issues with some of the players that he's had in the past couple of years. It's just, I feel like that's, I think we're kind of past those guys. So now it's like, okay, Dan, now you need to coach him up, and now you need to show show everyone, show all your fans, show people who supported you, show that you can do it. I think Illinois State's one of the most interesting programs in the fact that your infrastructure is so good. Um, you know, you're, you're having some upgrades coming. You're in Bloomington Normal, which is a good area, close to Chicago. Easy to re- should be easy to recruit too. And you know, I'm going to throw something out there, and as a fan, take it in and then react. Don't. I feel like Illinois State has a complacent fan base in that they're okay with NIT games. I agree. You're you're not wrong. So so and I've heard and I, and that's the hard part to, for me to get over. It's kind of like, and and then just talking to my dad a, a lot. You know, it's it's at the point where, you know, whenever we talk about this, that you know, we we need to worry about making the tournament. We need to stop worrying about yes. nits. We need to stop worrying about all these other things. Like, yeah, it's great if you make the nit. That's cool and all. I'm like, I'm not gonna. If Illinois State goes to the nit next year, that's I mean, that's cool. But I, 
uh, that doesn't get me excited anymore, right. and that shouldn't get anyone excited. Like we should have, we should increase our standards. Right. Like there should not be just this, let them get by with with you know just an IT or a CBI semifinal like he had a couple of years ago. Just and the thing is, they've had the talent. You know, yeah. you've had you had your Phil Fane. I, I know 2017, and obviously I'm a homer. I think they had enough to get in the tournament. It, they got a raw deal, I think. But I mean, that's that's the way it goes. It wasn't surprising to me that week when when I saw their name wasn't on the tournament line. I wasn't surprised. Right. Um, but at the same point, you know, you didn't make it. You did not make the tournament that year. You didn't even get past the second round of the NIT. Yeah. Um. So at some point, you need to say, hey, we need to make a tournament. Right. We need to get past this idea of this complacent fan base, and we need to expect more out of our program. Yep. And I think that your administration, meaning, you know, and I go back to the infrastructure that you're redoing some of the lower bowl, you're getting the parts together that you can hopefully heighten those expectations to get you to the tournament and not just this is something you come and do two nights a week. You go to, I have season tickets and I'll go if I want to. But no, you want to go to the Redbirds. You want them to win. You want them to get to the tournament. I'm not just going in to do it do it because it's something to do in Bloomington normal. And, and the thing is, I've talked to other season ticket holders and other people that go there. It's like, yeah, a lot of people are still, you know, renewing their tickets for this next year. But a lot of the, a lot of people are starting to kind of get away from that complacent fan base and starting to say, you know, maybe I don't renew my tickets next year because of, you know, I, I there's not as good a basket. Yeah, the thing is, that, well, non conference, but only not only that, it's like if the product on the court is not very good. And last year was it was a chore to get through some of those games for Illinois State. But if the product on the court is not as good, it's it's not going to, I think the fans are going to, even the loyalist fans are going to stop coming. And and I think that that's, and that's why I think there is pressure on Dan Muller. I don't think, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that if he has a losing record, he's going to lose his job. I don't think that at all. But I think he also is in a position where he needs to have a really good year. I think we can leave it at, it's just time for the Redbirds to take the next step. Without a doubt. All right, this has been the tip-off episode of the March to the Arch episode. Baker, take the Valley fans through what to expect in future episodes. Yeah, so in the future, we're going to do uh, we're going to start our two days is the next uh, the next place we're going to go. We're going to start with Evansville and Valpo, which uh, both uh, both schools should be interesting. And then after that, we're going to kind of break down every single team, uh, their trips overseas, their non their season last year, their season upcoming, their non-conference things like that kind of get a more of a deep dive look into each school to kind of give you guys a little bit of a little bit more background about each team going into the season so so once the season starts you kind of have at least an idea of what's going on with the other schools in the valley uh, you can contact us at uh, you can contact me at arch March Arch Baker on Twitter and you can contact contact Vance at March Arch pod on Twitter uh, there you can contact us send us uh, direct messages or tweet us at those at those addresses uh, give us some feedback. Give us some uh, what you like, what you didn't like. Any ideas for future shows? Just comments on you know what you thought that if you listened to this and you thought that I was a fool for saying Porter Mosier is the dean of the valley and how smart Vance is, or vice versa. You know, just kind of engage with us. Uh, let us know what you think. All right, and with that, I will wrap off with Go Valley, Go Dogs, Go Birds. <laughs>